Here's a story from a seller who left the military thinking he might take a job as a greeter at Walmart, but now he's grown a Facebook audience to over 17,000 people and is selling over $200,000 on Amazon and says he's just getting started. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And we got a serious seller on the line with us today. Now, tell me if I'm pronouncing your name right. Is it Sharon? Yes, sir. It is. What's good, Bradley? How are you? What's up? What's up? Now, before we get into your origin story, I got to get into the origin story of your name because it's very rare that I meet somebody with a name that I have never heard of in my life, no matter what country they're from. But you are absolutely the first Sharon that I've ever met. So what happened there? Like, is there meaning based? So like some fancy meaning like that your parents did there? Or what, what's going on? In, in all honesty, there, there is not. There's, I was named after my uh, mom's best friend. Uh, who happens to be a girl. So it's a universal name. Fancy that. Was she like spelling it Sharon or she spelled it the same way as you? I'm assuming it's the same as mine, which if you read it, it's pronounced, it's read Sharon. And it gets Sharon. A lot of, yeah, it gets a lot of mis- uh, mispronunciation. So yeah, Sharon right. is spelled, uh, pronounced. But, so, but, but it should be pronounced Sharon or Sharon? It's pronounced Sharon. Sharon. Okay. All right, Sharon. Let, let's, let's talk about where, where you grew up now. I believe you live in Texas now, right? That's right. Is that where you're born and raised? Oh, no. I was, uh, I'm a Florida boy. Born and raised in Jacksonville, Florida. Home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. Sorry, I'm sorry about that, but uh, hey. <laughs> uh, I'm a Charger fan or been a Charger fan most of my life, so I know the struggle uh, about yes. uh, yeah, not I having a great 12, team most of the time. I did 12 years in San Diego, so I was a Charger supporter. Okay. Growing up, what did you want to be? Man, uh, you know, that changes with the time and with the wind. But um, I guess um, as windows and opportunities closed and uh, presented itself, I wanted to be in the military. And that's what I did for the last 22 years. 22 years. Well, I've seen pictures of you. You don't look like, I mean, what do they accept you when you're five years old or what's what's going on? (laughs) Uh, I've been employed by the government since I've been five days over. 18 years old. Okay. Okay. So now did you, did you go into the military right after high school? Of course. All right. So then while you were in, in the military, like did, did you, did you get any supplemental education? I know sometimes people take advantage of the, the, the offers that uh, y'all have to, to, you know, like do night school or anything like that, or were you just hundred percent all about the military? Well, it was, um, I had opportunities to get higher education. I chose not to, but I did get military education where I uh, spent uh, the better part of nine years as a military instructor. So I, um, I got a lot of teaching school, uh, skills. And if I were to convert those military credits over, I could potentially be a, a, a teacher right now with that. OK. OK. Now, being in the military, like what was your main like what was your main job or what was your your trade? So uh, the trade or MOS for those who are, are veterans. Thank you for serving. Um, I was a cryptologist. And what that is, is I decrypt and encrypt the enemy's signal by whatever means and um, protect the Navy. 
You know, oh, you're fancy, huh? Well, that's that's pretty yeah. uh, some some spy level stuff right there. Interesting. Okay, yeah. so now are you are you still in the military or or did you retire? I retired about a year and a half ago, and that's where I'm at with this right now. Okay, so then like leading up, I mean your your whole entire life, twenty years of your adult life, you were your your main and only source of income was the military. That's correct. Now leading up. To your retirement, you know, obviously it wasn't just, hey, I'm going to retire. Now, the next day you're, you're out of the military. I mean, it, I'm sure it's a process of, of yeah. you were thinking about what, what am I going to do? What am I going to do to support myself? Now, yeah. what what kind of things did you think about or, or were you scared about that? Like, man, I, I, I've just had this what government paycheck my whole life. Now it's going to be a little bit different. What was your thought process there? Very scary and a realistic story coming up. I was uh, about three years out from retiring after doing 22 years. And um, it hit me like, man, in three years... I'm going to be out of a job. So I started saving big, living small and saving big for a home to buy. And that's going to be uh, relevant here in the next in a few minutes. So in my last year and a half, when it was time for me to get out, I had a guy who worked for me and he in the military. And he said, what are you going to do when I get out? And in all honesty, you know, real realistic and no BS. I was going to be a greeter at Walmart or a GameStop manager. That was that was the plan because I didn't I've been in a stressful situation for 22 years, so I wanted to just take it really easy. And that was the plan until he said, "Why don't you be uh, become an Amazon seller?" And I was I was skeptical like most people are, and he was like, "I make 40,000 a month." And I said, "Prove it." So he opened up his Amazon seller central uh homepage and showed a, a check for 19,000 being deposited. I'm like, ha that's only 20 as if 20 wasn't enough. Right. <laughs> and then he said, well, that's two weeks. And then I was sold from there. And the last uh, 18 months of my military career was me getting knowledge and learning how to use uh, different tools to, to launch um, an Amazon business. And two years later, here I am doing a podcast with you. Hmm. So wh- when, when was this about? as far as on the timeline of when you were about to, when you actually did retire. That was, uh, I was about 18 months out before I retired where me and the person that worked for me had that conversation. So, so was he, he was a, a coworker. He was in the military as well. Yeah. He actually worked for me in the military and, uh, he's a part of the helium family as well. Oh, okay. Okay. So then at that, at that time, when you were first starting to get into it, you didn't know anything about Amazon. So like, how, how, what was your learning curve like? Yeah, absolutely nothing. Um, You know, I, I grew up selling stuff since nine years old, you know, lollipops in school, you know, CDs in high school, stuff like that. So I had the seller's mentality, but um, the learning curve is, is um, could be a very peculiar situation because I, I, like I said, I didn't have any higher education. So, you know, there's a lot more to this type of e-commerce business mm-hmm. other than buying low and selling high. And, you know, I, it took me six months to find my first product because I was in a group that wasn't as uh, aggressive as the one that I'm in right now. And um, I just took it in every step, you know, trying to get more knowledge. And at the six month mark, when I started selling, the first year was awesome, man. And so did you start selling before you got out of the military? Oh yes, I I I, uh, I was on the hustle hustle theme, and I was about what you know six months. So I was about a uh, seven six seven months in uh, left in the military as I started selling. So um, you know I, I took that and leverage. I was around you know 
30, 40, 50 people at a time. And I was like, hey, if you're interested in my product, buy it, this, that, and the other. You know, so I had a mm-hmm. a captive audience, if you will, <laughs> to buy my uh, to buy my product. All right. So, so like leading up, did you, did you take any courses or were you just all learn from your friend and free YouTube videos or what was your, what was your learning curve like? Can I mention the groups that I was in or something? That, that's fine. Yeah. All right. So I started out with uh, this group called Simple Product Profits. Okay. And they kind of matured into the Amazon brand, uh, mastermind brand building group. Well, that's where I got my, uh, my training from and my launch training from. They're, they were focused on uh, brand building, which I appreciate because, you know, there's two types of sellers on Amazon. There's people that want to, you know, sell that, that finds products to sell at a higher mm-hmm. ROI. And then there's people that find brands or create brands to make them money. You know, there's two different ways. So I was glad that I learned how to build a brand, so to speak. And then uh, that relationship with them ran its course. And in of May of last year, um, I joined KT9, where I'm currently uh, happy at, and I, I got my advanced knowledge from them. And they actually took me, um, they, they advanced my revenue to like 277%. So by the time you started with that course, you were already selling on Amazon, thanks to the knowledge from your, your first group and, and making some money. Yes. Just, just to quickly fast forward, just so we can have some context. What was your like total 2019 sales then? So, all right. 2019 2009, I started selling May 2018. Okay. So from May to December, that was 54,000 gross All right. on revenue. And then from January to, uh, well, from May to May, it was 100,000. That was the goal of mine. I made it. Mm-hmm. But from January 2019 to December of 2019, I grossed 225K. Okay. So is, is that pretty much, you know, uh, other than, you know, whatever, you know, retirement benefits you get, that that's pretty much what's what's paying your bills now, your your revenue from Amazon? Right. The, the revenue for Amazon is supplementing my uh, pension from the military and is paying all of my utilities right now and all of my uh, my luxuries, if you will. But um, I have not taken a salary out. And although I can, but my my goal is to grow it because I know it's not fully grown yet and keep going and keep going. How many products you have right now? One. You were making six figures or over $200,000 last year just on one product. Just on one product. Now, was that... Have you launched others that you have discontinued since then? Or has that been your very first product that you've always had? Or Very first product, very first shot. No, no, uh, no duds. Uh, I hit the bullseye on the first one, I believe. And um, that product, it now has, I started it with eight variations. It now has 20 variations. And that's pretty much colors and sizes. Oh, okay. What was your thought, right? I mean, anybody who who says they, they work with variations. I always like to ask them like, what was your, your thought process of having variations as opposed to having separate listings? I mean, is it such, I mean, is it pretty much literally the exact same product, just a different color? So it's a no brainer or, or was there any kind of like, hmm, I'm not sure if I, you know, which way I should go. Well, see the, the, with my product, uh, variations, it's almost a given. So, um, there, there is no way that I would have succeeded without variations okay. on my product. But, uh, as far as variations go, I love the thought of it. My second product that I'm having in the works right now is a variation type situation too. Uh, the reason I love it though is because they share the reviews. Mm-hmm. You know, I can launch, I can launch two. I launched eight variations at, at the beginning. Had I launched eight products in the beginning, I would have had to do eight jobs of trying to find reviews for these eight products. Mm-hmm. You know, and all I had to do now is just find um, one that was consolidated into one. 
So right now my product has around 320 some reviews. And um, if I was to break that out, you know, for 20 products, it'll be like 20 or 30 or so instead of the shared. Uh, now, now when you first launched, did you right off the bat have a, a couple variations or you just launched one color, one variation? No, I had eight variations at the beginning. So how, how was that like, you know, because, you know, sometimes, you know, and I tell people, you know, there's no right or wrong way, but then I say, sometimes I tell people like, Hey, when you're just starting out, you might not want to go with the variations because you're not sure which one's going to sell. So you got to buy equal in some of these factories. They want to, Oh no, you got to buy 500 of each color. Now, how, how was that? How, how were you able to start from the beginning with, with eight right off the top? Did, did they have a pretty generously low, generously low, like MOQ uh, on each variation or? What happened there? Well, well what, um, I, I, I guess I was, well, the first, I was blessed with finding two suppliers that had a, uh, what you call it, an MLQ that no matter the color of the variation, so I could buy 100 of this color, 100 of this color, 100 of this color, as long as the MLQ was over 500, I can ah, make it work. Okay. You know, and that's how um, most of the people in this category, most of the suppliers in this category works. You know, it doesn't matter the color, it doesn't matter the size. As long as you pay the per per price unit, you know, because a, a, a different color could be a different price, whatever the case may be. But as long as the MOQ was high, it did great. And I love it because now the complications that I have is logistics, obviously. Right. You, you mentioned that you have to buy equal numbers of each color. You don't know which one is going to sell. My uh, counter to that was um, at the time I was using uh, Jungle Scout. Mm-hmm. And. Um, Helium 10 can do this as well. Now, um, they show you which variations are selling in each customer's, you know, so to speak. And I just did a ratio comparison to my number of units that I was going to order. For instance, like if the black color was, uh, um, they were selling 100 of those a month and they were selling the white color 50 a month. I know I would buy 50 percent more black than I would white based mm-hmm, off mm-hmm. of uh, a couple of competitors. And that's what I did. You know, I just took it and the logistics of it was uh, was very engaging, but uh, I managed it and I had some bumps and some bruises. I brought in a risky color that no one was selling and it flopped to the point where I had to pull out uh, all the units before the long term storage fees pulled in. But I didn't give up on it. I kept pushing it and kept pushing it. And now it's a staple in my uh, catalog. So also so so you didn't discontinue it you just pulled out some inventory so you wouldn't get hit with the long store storage until it, it started getting some traction. Yep. And I was sending 50 units in whenever I got low. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I kept working and kept advertising and kept working and, and brought it up, changed out a couple pictures, made what I had to do. Okay. You know? Now what, 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 I mean, 20 is a lot uh, of variations. So like, is it that many colors? Are we talking sizes or? So it's five colors and four sizes. Okay. And how do you pick like, Hey, the, I need to launch this size or I need to launch this color. Like, well, what's your, what was your process along the way? Um, so there's a website called pickfood.com that allows mm-hmm. you to uh, do paid surveys. And I chose colors and they gave me feedback and I used that as a, a means to decide what's the next variation. I use uh, competitors, salary, not salaries, but um, competitors, numbers and sales velocities to decide what's the next color and what's the next variation. Okay. You know, um, now have you done anything as far as like brand building with this? Like, you know, are, are you, are you, you know, contacting your customers at all or, or trying to build a social media following or, or anything like that? 
Of course. Um, my first year, um, when I launched my, my first group was pretty much dying down. So I had to pretty much do it all by myself. And, um, the best way that I saw fit to do that was not through PPC because I wasn't a, you know, proficient at PPC. So I launched a Facebook group and now I have, um, 17,000 followers and they're targeted followers. They're not like 10,000 from Thailand or anything. These are actual, actual customers or actual people who are interested in the product. How, how, how did you build that? I mean, how, how do you go from zero to 17,000 followers for a brand new brand? Yeah, it's, it's, it's complicated. I, I did um, promotional ads to launch, to uh, gather likes and followers for the page itself. I did engagement ads for the product and when people liked or commented on that in um, on these ads, I was hustling and, and inviting them to the group and stuff like that. Um, but uh, a lot of that is automated. But um, that's exactly how I did it. I sent viral memes out when people liked that, and the meme itself was um, focused around the, the you know the uh, catalog the category that I'm in. So I targeted specific people. You know, the ads itself have a, a specific demographics part where I can target only men or only women or only people between the ages of 15 and 25 or only people who are interested in this type of magazine or this type of category. And that's exactly what I did. I, I just niched down into my category, only advertised to those who are interested in, in this um, product of mine or the category that I'm in and um, hustle. Hmm. You know, I guess that's the word I got right there is hustle, man. So then how have you leveraged that? Like, has that helped you? Like when you do launch a variation, you, you give like a special or something in that, in that Facebook group or, or how do you actually utilize this, this big audience and following you have now? 100%. They, uh, so here's a, here's what I would do. I have a Facebook ad that has been running for almost a year, right? So it's, it's proven and it's one of my winner winning ads. Uh, it has 2.8 million engagements on it. It has, um, 30,000 comments, 15,000 likes, and stuff like that. So what I would do, um, those those comments started out with tags. People, I'll, one of the hacks that I normally do is when I run a Facebook ad, I always put in the demographic, in the de- uh, demographics or interests, I would also put friends of those. So if my category is hiking, I would also put friends of hikers, things like that, right? Mm-hmm. So the reason I do that is because once the, when these people see these ads, the first thing they want to do is think about the person who was actually a hiker. Let's just use that as a, uh, an example. So they tag their hiker. And when they tag their hiker, I go in there and say, hey, just to let you guys know, I got a sale going on or I got a discount going on, this, that, and the other. That does two things. When a person's friend tagged them into a Facebook uh, ad, that's social proof right there. That's saying that I believe in this product and you should check it out. That's more than the, than your first one or first five reviews, because now I have a potential buyer who's been directed by somebody they trust to go and check my, uh, my ad out. Mm-hmm. And when they, and then, and then those comments turns from tagging people to saying things like, I tried this. I love it. You should too. And when I see posts like that or comments like that on my ad, I go back to the person who said, I tried this. How did you like it? I loved it. Would you mind leaving me a review? Ah, so I, okay. got, I got about 20, 30% of my, uh, my reviews that way. I like it. I like it. Now, 
you said you said you're 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 trying to expand out, you know, not just to have this one product and, and expand the line. Now, are, are you looking in completely different categories, or are you looking to try and launch something like under the same brand and and with that same audience? Currently, I'm I have a four product uh, brand situation that I'm trying to get off the ground. So once I get four or five products in, under this one brand, I most definitely will move on to a different brand. But I'm actually building this brand up to a point where um, I believe his name was Kevin said, build it up to where people are interested in buying it. And mm-hmm. that's the goal. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. So, so what's your timeline uh, of when you're going to launch, you know, technically not your second product since you got 20 variations, but your second uh, product line here. Right. The second, the second product in this brand is actually on the water right now coming over. So <laughs> it's going to be like launching all over. Cause it's, a, it's not a variation. It's a second product. Excellent. Um, I want to have the other two products up before August. Cause a, a dear friend of mine, you know, him, Taylor. Yes. Pilot, uh, Pilot, he challenged me to uh, make a hundred thousand a month. And my, my method to get there is four products at 25,000 each. Okay. Okay. So what's your, what's your launch strategy going to be for this one? I hey, ha- do you have it all mapped out? Like well, what you're going to do? Like, Hey, I'm going to make, a lot of Facebook ads. Hey, I'm going to target my audience or, or, Hey, I'm just going to do PPC or, or what, what's your method going to be for your, your launch? It's going to be something very similar to the first, uh, the first product because I, I found success with it. So I'm definitely going to try that out where I'm going to leverage the 17,000 people that I have following right now. I'm going to uh, do ads directed to the same demographics, the same interests of those people that I have as followers um, primarily it's going to be a Facebook launch until I get a reputable number of reviews to, um, compete with the other sponsored ads, um, in whatever placement I choose and whether it's at the top of the listing or on top of the category or middle or bottom. And I'm going to, uh, adjust accordingly with PPC. Um, if anything, KT9 has taught me that PPC is a very profitable situation, um, I would launch with that, but I just believe in my skills as a Facebook advertiser more than I believe in 10 reviews going up against those who have hundreds. Okay, cool. So how, how did you find this other product that's on the water right now? I use black box. Oh, see, hey guys, I didn't know he was going to say that. I was like, uh, I was hoping he'd say that, but I wasn't sure. So I'm like, okay. So like, what, what did you use the black box for products or black box for keywords or? All right. So honest to goodness truth, I use black box for keywords and I used it for keywords specifically because I'm inside of a, a brand, so I don't need a, a, a large net. I need a specific net mm-hmm. to find this product that can go into my next product. Um, so I, I put in keywords that are similar to the uh, category that I'm in right now. And that way it just filtered down to a couple products. Um, another method that I like to use that um, I'm kind of promoting myself is I let Google do some of the work for me. I would go to Google and say top 25 or top 50 or top 100 fitness products, you know, of 2019. And these article writers would go and they would vet these products to see that they're popping or that they're popular. And then I would go and research them myself using the x-ray tool on um, Helium 10 to see if the category is valid enough for me to sell in. Oh, okay. So, so you, you like take a look and make sure that not everybody in that category has got a thousand reviews already, or not everybody's barely selling anything, but that there's demand and, and, uh, right. signs that there might be less competition. Right. And that, that method where I use the Google, that, that's just, uh, if I didn't know what, what was the next product for me, I'll let these article people find products and then I go validate the cat, uh, the category. 
Okay, cool. So what about PPC now? You said admittedly at the beginning, you weren't very good at PPC, but now that you've been selling for a year and a half or so, I'm assuming your, your skills have improved. What's your, what's your main uh, PPC strategy? Okay. So, um, I've been selling for about 21 months now. And, um, um, I met K- KT9 in May of 2019 where they turned me on the PPC because before then I was not good and I was using it only to stay relevant on page one and not be profitable with my product. My strategy now, I have a, a lot of different ones. Um, I recently just tried a three uh, PPC method from you guys' training, Helium 10, and that's currently in the works right now. Too soon to tell how that um, is working for me. Mm-hmm. But um, one of my main ones right now is that um, I have this thing called the ace and grab where I would make a product listing um, campaign instead of a keyword listing campaign. And I would latch on to those who are selling. And and after the customer have done their window shopping, I give them a last effort and I add value with a clippable coupon to come and buy my product instead as they are on the listing of the person that I'm attaching my ad to. Um, another one I do is, um, I take a list of high volume keywords, high search volume keywords and make a, a PPC after that. I take a list of low volume search keywords and I make a listing for that, uh, you know, a PPC, uh, sponsored ad for that. Okay. Cool. Cool. I, I like it. I like it. And I definitely like to hear how the, you know, the three, the three campaign is going to work out for you as well. Now go, going back to the beginning, you know, whether somebody is, currently listening to you they're they're about to get out of the military mm-hmm. or they're just you know somebody brand new haven't haven't considered selling yet you know I, i'm sure as you know one of the main worries that people have is well how, how much money you know do do i need so so how much money did you need to to launch your you know what was your initial investment like before you actually got product into amazon so i, I made a statement earlier about how i started saving at three years for a home um, when I found out about uh, the Amazon product, I, I reached out to my wife and I was like, look, so uh, I have this venture I want to get into and I need to take half that money. <laughs> you know, and after the, after the two weeks of fighting back and forth, she finally let me have it. And that turned out to be about $15,000. OK, and I wanted to use it conservative, conservative, conservatively, but uh, I started out with 7000 and. The method that supply, um, Simple Product Profits wanted me to do to launch fell through. I'm not going to mention what it is, but right before I started launching, they said, don't launch that way. You'll get in trouble. Right. Mm-hmm. So I had to find, come out with a different strategy, which was Facebook ads for me. And um, which which is a blessing in disguise because I could be a part of the peers that I have or had who are not selling anymore. But that 7000 based on my my franticness of gathering um, some followers on Facebook because my thought was if I could just get to 2,000 followers, 10% could be my launch by my launch group. 10% of them would buy. And it turns out that um, 500 bought instead of 200. Oh, wow. And I, I wasn't prepared for that. So I, I used the other part of the 15,000 buy more product. And um, here I am today, you know. So could you have done it with with less than so, t- so theoretically speaking, you could have done it with, with half of that and then just turn the money around from that first, whatever you made from the 7,000 or were you profitable in that first 7,000 or, or you were still under uh, upside down on that? Well, I didn't make 15,000 my first month. I don't think I recouped the 15,000 back until like month three. Okay. But, um, 
I definitely, knowing what I know now, I could have budgeted in a different way. And I just think that the uh, the growth of my product would have been slower, but it's definitely doable with six, five, six thousand dollars. All right. And what's your profit margin like? Um, my profit margin is around 47%. My net profit is around 20%. After, after all your Facebook ads and PPC and things like that. Okay. Yeah. All right. That, that's, that's not too bad. So, and, and how, how much is your product cost? Like what's the retail price of your product? The retail price is somewhere between $25 or 30, depending okay. on which company. So then like if somebody had a $15 product, then that's just that much less that they might've had to invest in the beginning. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the, uh, the range that people uh, should definitely seek out product retail prices for is between 15 and $50 because that's the impulse buying range of a customer where they will think less to spend that amount of money, right? And if you find a $15 product, um, you, you, you wouldn't need like $6,000, $7,000. You wouldn't need the 15000 that I had to get started. Yeah. You know? Okay. All right. Now, before before we get into your 30 second tip that, that you're going to be able to share with us, I want to play a little game here. Um, it's called the, the search volume game. All right. Now, now, don't be having Helium 10 open and cheating to, to get these search volume numbers. I'm going to give you three <laughs> keywords that are all related to each other. And I'm going to tell you the different search volumes that they have. And then you got to okay. tell me which keyword is, is which search volume. All right. So you ready to go? Right. And everybody yeah, listening on the road, you guys can play along, you know, but don't, don't be cheating. All right. Now the three keywords are trash bags, trash bags, kitchen, trash bags, kitchen, tall drawstring. All right. So there's three keywords right there, obviously all related. Okay. Now here yep. are the search volumes. And I'm going to give it in descending order, but it's not uh, obviously not in the order necessarily of what I just told you. One of those keywords has 91,000 searches a month. Mm -hmm. One of the keywords has 8,400 and one keyword has a thousand. Okay. All right. So again, we've got trash bags, trash bags, kitchen, trash bags, kitchen, tall drawstring. Which one is which? All right, so I kind of got an advantage over you uh, over this question because I'm I'm actually a, a e-commerce strategist, so I got clients and I help them out with. All right, so hey, well, let's see, let's see. You're you're putting your pressure on yourself now to get it right. So so which one has the most search volume? So trash bags has the ninety one thousand. Okay, trash bags kitchen is the. This, this is where it could possibly flip flop, but you said eighty four hundred and a thousand, right? Correct. All right, so I'm going to go with Trash Bags Kitchen is 8,400. And then the very niche down uh, keyword is going to be 1,000. All right, you got it. You got two, uh, you got one right, and then the other two you had Swish. So uh, I did a little trick. This is actually an interesting phenomenon that Trash Bags Kitchen Tall Drawstring actually has more searches than the other word. Why? I'm not sure, but. I can probably know why. Because once you put trash bags in, the drop down from Amazon shows you um, related keywords uh-huh. and trash bags, drawstring, the niche down one uh-huh. probably, probably is more probably. appealing to the. Probably. But there, there you have it. All right. Well, one more time. One more time. All right. We got, we got another one here. All right. Here's the three keywords. Storage. Storage bins. Mm. Storage bins with lids. Oh, that's a hard one. All right, so storage, storage Mm -hmm. bins, storage bins with lids. And let me give you the three in descending order. 
Okay. 300,000. One of them has 300,000. One of them has about 120,000. And the other one, 52,000. So they're all pretty high up there. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'll pick good ones here. All right. So again, and you, again, I hope you guys are playing along. Don't get in any accidents if you're listening on the car or don't try and like cheat and look up magnet or anything. Right. But again, storage, storage bins, storage bins with lids. Which one has 300,000? All right. So I am going to go with storage that has 300,000. Okay. Because I don't remember seeing that high of a value when I searched for storage bins before. Mm. All right. Um, storage bins and storage bin with lens. What are the other, what are the two remaining? Uh, the, the remaining ones is uh, about 117,000 and 53,000 about. Oh man. All right. Storage bins with lids is 53,000 and storage bins is the, uh, the remaining hundred thousand. Or the, the, the storage you mean? Cause you said no, storage. No, storage. Storage is 300,000. Oh, storage is 300,000. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I, I got it. All right. Well, again, you got one, right? So the storage bins is the number one keyword with 300,000. The storage Man. bins with lids, you got it at 52,000. And the storage is 117,000. Man. But there you go. I, I like playing this game because it's kind of fun too, but sometimes it goes against logic. And that's the thing yeah. that Amazon sellers need to understand is that the way we personally search might be one way or we might search one keyword over another, but there might be more people out there doing something different. And that's why it's important to use, like uh, Sharon was saying, like websites like pickfoo.com to, to kind of like see what people are, are using a search or see what people are, are looking for. Because if we just base our strategy on what we would do or what we think is the right thing, we're not exactly always the exact customer avatar. So all right. Every time I play this game so far, all they usually, uh, the last time they actually got zero, zero right in two of them, but, but you, you, you got at least one right in both. So, so you're, you're a little bit closer than the, the last people who play this game. So good job. Good job. Uh, let me know how you guys out there, you know, send me a message on Facebook or something. I'd, I'd be curious to see how you guys uh, did, by the way, guys, speaking of numbers and everything, don't forget to, to give us a review on whatever you're listening on, whether it's on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify, hook us up with a review. Let us know. Give us some love there. Now we got to the part of the show that we call the, which is the TST or 30 second tip. So you've been just giving a, been giving us nothing but tips throughout this whole episode, but what is something that you think is super valuable, maybe a little bit unique that you could explain in 30 seconds or less? <laughs> so I'm going to stick with the, uh, in light of the game, with the keywords, um, I like to do my research from one of the main, not necessarily a main, but the main keyword of the category. And the reason being is because, um, let's just say the main category, the main keyword has 30,000 searches of a month, right? That's a thousand chances a day for you to get your five, 10, 15, 20 sales a day amongst this page one, which is typically 60 people. Right. If you do your research from a small niche keyword that has 300 uh, searches a month, that's only um, 10 chances to get you one, two, three, 10 sales that are divided amongst those 60 people on page one. And my philosophy behind it is if you can just prove that you can make it in the big dogs with the main keyword, make it, making it in a small category with the small keyword will be a cinch, but that philosophy can't be reversed because you can't prove that you can make it in the small times and then automatically know you can make it in the big times. 
Okay, cool. Thank you for that. Now, Sharon, what are your goals for 2020? Because I want to have you on maybe in a year. You hit over $200,000 for last year. So what are your sales goals for the end of, if I, if I hit you up like around February of next year and ask you, Hey, how much, how much did you make in 2020? What would you like to be able to tell me? 350K to start. 350K. Um, All right. Start. Start. Yeah. Because Taylor, he pushed me and I I can't, I can't let him down. So by August of this year, I have to be making a hundred thousand a month. And if I can hit that goal, then it's obviously going to be higher than 300K a month. I mean, a year. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, sounds good. Thank you for, for joining us and we'll talk to you later.